All right. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, but um, basically in uh, group A, we went through um, that, that third article. It's the longer one that uh, kind of goes in a timeline fashion. And I, I don't know, it seemed like a, a pretty good approach. We'll try that again. Um, okay. Just kind of going through that, that whole article and uh, looking at some of the, the specifics there. But um, any questions or, or comments before we get started? Like any things that popped out that we need to answer before we uh, get into it? Um, well, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how all this works as far as, okay, so we're just going to read the little links before we dive into actually reading the lectures, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So we're having four weeks of kind of background on the School of the Prophets in general and what the context of these lectures on faith come into. And so I think it's um, highly valuable, like, let me pull up the, the schedule really quick to refresh my memory of what I've got. So this week is about kind of like, I mean, we're we're going to be diving into salutations next week too, but uh, this week's kind of the background. What um, the School of the Prophets versus School of the Elders versus the Kirtland School, like which one's which and, and how they come about. Next week, we're going to be doing the actual ordinance of washing of the feet and, and demonstrating the, the salutation. Um, the, the third week, I think, is probably one of my favorite ones. So the first time I ever really dove in and studied some of this stuff was Education Week uh, 2016 and uh, Anthony Sweat's class called The Doctrine and Covenants of Making Your Calling and Election Sure. Wow. And uh, it was a heavy emphasis on the word of wisdom and how we often don't see the full picture of why that was revealed. And so uh, week three is going to be a fun one. I, I'm super excited to, to say that, that twice now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, week four, uh, that one's an interesting one because I really want to to get some more articles and input and stuff, but uh, at least that one, uh, the outcomes of the School of the Prophets, uh, what they were able to accomplish. And uh, anyway, I think that's going to be a really fun week. So yeah, anyway, yeah. That forms that that structure, and then we dive in and actually start studying it as they studied it. Okay, so how um, did the things we're memorizing fit in now? Uh huh. Yeah. So um, it just does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I forget because there's the two different memorization schedules that I've I've thrown out there and everything, um, but everything culminates in lectures four, five, and six. So. Um, Let's see, that's week 9, 10, and 11, where those memorization things come into play. But again, you know, if we spread it out and uh, if you want to, to start right now kind of a thing, uh, if you'd be able to, you know, kind of cram. But at last minute, even if, if it's just the week of when we read lecture four, um, memorizing uh, verses five through 19 and et cetera, you know, like when we come to those weeks, kind of cramming for them. Um, you know, we're not going to be necessarily quizzing or anything on it, you know, like, hey, did you get those memorized kind of thing, but um, neither did they in in, in the actual lectures in, in the School of the Elders. Okay. Um, they just said, hey, this is basic doctrine, and it needs to be committed to memory. As you go out and perform your missions, you're going to need to have these in your heart and in your mind kind of a thing. And so, it, I mean, the timing wise on them, um, but I think that it's, for me, kind of crucial to memorize them as we're studying them so that um, 
you know, they're, they're fresh and we gain, you know, there's, there's power in the memorization so that when we get to them, that we've already got the, the foundation of the memorization done and then can come the pondering sessions of, of the complexities of those verses, et cetera. So, yeah. Well, I've started, so mm -hmm. they're in my car, they're on my mirrors, they're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I might bump into something. <laughs> Coral, well, let's look at these. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've put them as my, my screensavers on my phone, so I have them every day. Oh, nice. Cameron, can you tell me the name of Anthony Sweat's talk again? And do you know if it's available? I, I have not been able to find it. I've written to him. I, I begged him for the slides. I'm kind <laughs> of BFFs with him because his daughter served her mission here and oh, yeah. gave him his BFFs with her. So mm -hmm. he responds to me sometimes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If you What's can get it called? Tell me what it's called and I'll ask him. The Doctrine and Covenants of Making Your Calling and Election Sure was the name of his uh, education week talk. And I believe it was 2016, right? That was the first year we went, Mother? It was 2016 or 2017? No, 17 was the year of the eclipse and Terry was down there then. Yeah, so it would have been 2016. That was my very first education week class. <laughs> I, like, I will give it a whirl because he... <laughs> He's responded to me before. Yeah, I've tried, to, I've tried to get him as like our uh, author chat for <laughs> lectures on faith, but he hasn't responded. So I'm like, I get it. You're busy. I ask him again. <laughs> I, I mean, if you want to, yeah, I don't want to bombard him, but I don't mind bombarding him. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, that's kind of the the general layout of it. Four weeks on kind of understanding the the preparations because. Uh, one word of, of note, like on the word of wisdom, um, they were given that in, you know, in the school of elders and stuff to prepare their bodies to receive revelation. And so it's, it's a huge um, revelation to like, you know, like bathing in alcohol before you learn gospel principles and, and things like that. It's all contained in the, the word of wisdom, but yet we kind of gloss over that a lot. Actually, do you know what I learned? And I learned this in a podcast, so I don't know if it's true. It's probably, these guys are all seminary teachers that work together. It was Tammy Uzalak Hall's podcast, but she said uh -huh. that it came about because Emma was downstairs from where they were and she had to go up and clean and it was just a pig pen. And mm -hmm. so she's like, hey, you guys, knock it off. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually what... I learned in that podcast helped spur it along too, because they were like, it was spitting tobacco everywhere. They were just all over on the floors. And then the wood floors had little, you know, cracks in them. And some of that garbage would come down on her ceiling into her, <laughs> her mm. place. And she was like, what a bunch of pigs <laughs> <laughs> yep and so it's kind of that that descent before an ascent right like yeah if they had never known better you know but as they were doing that and it, it finally reached kind of its boiling point then emma uh, spurs that on and then um then receives the revelation to uh, how to prepare your minds and or your uh, your heart your mind and your body all um, to receive revelation and so uh, they have a very specific ritual before they even come to the school of the prophets that they have to do every morning and uh, that's where word of wisdom kind of comes in uh, to play that 
um, is very interesting. So is it going to be hard for a lot of us? It shouldn't be. I mean, oh, okay. they could do it with little means and stuff. <laughs> okay. I remember Elder Bush gave a talk one time. I don't know if it was to BYU. It seems to me like it was, but I don't know. But he talked about before he um, has prayer that he washes and puts on clean linen. And he said it so reverently. Mm. And I, Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I've I've been thinking about the word of wisdom a lot and just trying to improve my health a lot because you know when we do our temple recommends and stuff and when we ask they ask us that question, are we keeping the word of wisdom? Are we really? Because I'm mm -hmm. obese. I'm obese. I am not really keeping the word of wisdom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you go literally yeah um, very much so. so i'm i'm working on it and there's some, some fun books and articles like the gunderson's book and um oh all of a sudden her name escapes me awb i forget what her name is though anyway she shared with me her research on word of wisdom and how it relates to um the the coming plagues and, and stuff like that um, all based in scripture anyway it's a very interesting article i'll share it that week as we go along AWB, is that what you said? Yeah, I forget her name. She's in, like, she's Jody's friend, and she's like, hey, you might be interested in this. And, and I've posted it on Learning Zion before, too. Um, cool. But it okay. is uh, the, an article on the word of wisdom. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have to find her name. That's driving me nuts that I don't have it. <laughs> you know, when you just bring the blanks, <laughs> AW, much harder than remembering her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well the thing is like i can see the the cover of the book and it says awb she doesn't want her name posted with it and, and, oh, so oh i know awb okay. <laughs> but all of a sudden i blanked on her actual name that makes sense <laughs> anyway so um yeah with the the reading material that uh we're just going to kind of read through uh some of this on the timeline of the school of the prophets just kind of getting to know uh it versus school of elders etc um so on that first page there talking about the name so the revelation referred to this school as the school of the prophets and so dnc 88 it, we're going to be spending so much time in dnc 88 and 89 mm -hmm. um but um why it is given this name is not specifically stated in the revelation itself or by Joseph Smith or connected with a school, but we can see some semblances throughout the Old Testament um, with uh, very similar groups uh, called the sons of the prophets. Um, it says in this phrase, the Hebrew word literally translated sons can be connote a member of a guild, order, or a class. The phrase sons of the prophets hardly denotes physical descent from a prophet, but rather members of a prophetic guild or order. And um, anyway, so coming off of the hills of, of Triumph of Zion, not Triumph of Zion, <laughs> why did I say that, of Isaiah decoded, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, President Nelson, all of those, um, when we have the word sons denoted in scripture, and it doesn't refer to biological sons, um, I would say that like 100% of the time, especially learning from, from Avraham's works and, and stuff, that sons denotes the son's servant level of the ladder and the learning that happens there and, and the, the journeys and the, 
they're, they're learning how to, to magnify the gospel in a higher way than the Zion Jerusalem level of the ladder. And so uh, jumping down a couple of paragraphs, um, we do see some fragmented references about the sons of the prophets in the Old Testament, especially in First and Second Kings. Um, they dwell with their families in larger communities, in modest circumstances, and at various cultic sites such as Bethel, Jericho, and Gilgal. They assemble in communal halls before their master, whom they address as father, again, pointing to that father-son relationship, emperor, vassal uh, status there, for instruction and are available to him for errands, but they could also receive and transmit sayings of Yahweh individually. And then this one, this is the, the phrase that really took me some time. I, it struck me and it deserves pondering. These circles, or, or these sons of the prophets, were concerned with definite eschatological expectations for a specific future. And so um, eschatological is basically a, a, a look forward, the, the gift of prophecy toward the end times. Uh, you could kind of almost substitute it with apocalyptic. It's an apocalyptic vision or eschatological expectations of um, prophetic blessings coming uh, at a future date. And so the thing that these circles are concerned with definite, I mean, they're, they're focused in on pinpointing certain things that are coming in the future and expectations for a specific future. It sounds a lot of like what Seraphim, City of Enoch, people like that are looking forward. They get the vision of all because on the sun servant level, you see God and you see the vision, right? Um, and so once you see it, you want to be a part of it. And then comes the, uh, the formation of these groups, these guilds of sons of the prophets. Like, okay, how do we do that? How do we become prophets? How do we uh, do this thing? How do we operate on the son's servant level? And what does that mean? So kind of giving that Old Testament reference and applying it to the, the school of the prophets, I think is highly informational and motivational <laughs> for us as we're learning. Um, because I believe that, that many of us throughout this journey of this book club, um, coming from Abraham through Isaiah, Book of Nelson, etc., Triumph of Zion, um, have had this question of, okay, now what's our mission? What's, what do we do in the end times? And how do we operate on, on this unservant level? And so um, looking at, at the early pioneers in this dispensation, uh, we're having those same questions and receiving answers to it. So kind of diving into the very first winter, uh, winter 1932 to 33, um, it's initiated and organized according to Revelation from DNC 88. Uh, we will get into to more of the actual Revelation, the three parts of it, et cetera, uh, at the end of this article. But um, it, it's very individual. It's different than the other sessions. This first session was not subject to open enrollment. It was by invitation um, to the first laborers of the kingdom. It eventually becomes 21 members. Um, they met in the schoolroom, small uh, schoolroom, and um, they, uh, I don't know, it, it, you know, there's not a whole lot known about it other than uh, they have the ordinance of the washing of the feet, the, the salutations, etc. cetera. Um, this Zebedee Coltrane interview, I think is very interesting says that Elder Orson Hyde was the teacher and saluted the brethren with uplifted hands, and they also answered with uplifted hands. 
spoke of the administration of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the brethren always went fasting. They went in the morning, remained about until four o'clock in the afternoon, when each had a glass of wine and a piece of bread after the ancient pattern. Joseph was the president and appointed Elder Orson Hyde teacher, as the school was not only revelations and doctrine, but also for learning English grammar, etc. The teacher saluted the brethren, one or more, as they came in. This salutation was given every morning when they met. Brother Sidney Rigdon lectured on grammar sometimes. So it's kind of like this interesting little snippet of, of what the first one looks like. And Zebedee Coltrane is an interesting one because as we'll see in, in week four, um, how uh, his, his writings of the School of the Prophets give us a lot of insight into the, the blessings. He's kind of there from the beginning and, and sees it through its fruition and gives us the, the most complete picture of it. You know what struck me as we read this? Sorry, did you want to go? Sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, um, was the part about fasting. I don't think we fast enough as a, you know, general population, like everybody fasts the first part of the month for sure. But um, like, I don't think we fast enough after I read this, like they were fasting, you know, several times a week. Mm -hmm. and, and then I read somewhere else that people were fasting at least twice a week, you know. So okay. I was like, oh, we're kind of lazy and don't do it until and then when it is fast Sunday it's like ah you have to do uh, that and not like a rejoicing in that kind of a thing right it's very interesting going through like John Pontius's books and his experiences and stuff it's like it, it's really reshaped my my thinking on fasting um if you haven't uh read uh, journey to the veil or following the light of Christ into his presence um the the experiences of fasting in those are are very interesting uh being yeah, I've, I've started trying to fast when I go to the temple except for when I meet yeah. Leslie for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> but um and it's hard to do because um like you're in there and you know you're doing all these ordinances and <laughs> your body parts start to go numb because you're kneeling and then you're like you've been fasted and they always say like yeah people just drop over all the time it's because they've been fasting and I'm like Okay, I'm just gonna stand up every once in a while and recirculate. <laughs> I want to pass out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You and do you get feeling kind of. Yeah, as we get into like uh, section 88, especially next week, uh, you know that 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 scripture that we all know and love, right? You know, establish a house of order, a house of prayer, a house of fasting, and um, anyway, sometimes we kind of misinterpret it, but um, uh, interesting how uh crucial that is and if we are looking you know in a generalized aspect of the serif level right i mean they don't even need to eat anymore they they've mastered the, the law of the fast and so what does that look like on the sun servant level as we are trying to you're going weird cameron oh shoot i've got you okay yeah okay because yeah. everything did pause for me too so Okay. okay, am I back? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't I've, got, know. I've got two things when you're done. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm done. Okay. Um, um that threw me off. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking of in the four ordinations book about 40 40 day fast. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 
Oh, we're all frozen, aren't we? <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah, we're still here and you're good. Oh, I see all, all, all three of you were frozen. And I thought, oh, you guys are just staring at me. <laughs> so. <laughs> Unnerving. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I was I not supposed to mention that? So what did you hear me say? I didn't hear you say much. Okay, about the four ordinations book about the 40 day fasting. Mm -hmm. And that's all, when all you went. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I didn't know what I thought about that. And I know I've read Eric Andreessen talking about fasting, kind of like how John did. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if, if any, any of you have experience with that and, or, or thoughts on it. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to do intermittent fasting where I fast 18 hours of the day, not with water, but with food. And then and just have a six hour window to eat. And because mm -hmm. I remember I was thinking, I need to start training my body to eat fewer meals, less calories, because in the end times, of course, things are going to be hard and I don't want to crash and be like, oh, my goodness, you know such a drastic change I want to be prepared for it and when I was doing it though it wasn't that hard like I wasn't getting super hungry it was amazing how and it was this spring that I did it it was amazing how it was not hard it was hard the first few days mm -hmm. but I couldn't believe how easy it was and then at first I felt like oh yeah okay I've got this little window to eat but after a while, I'm like, I'm just going to eat till I feel okay and then be done. You know, not got to get all the calories in. Huh. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, Stacy shared me the the Robert Edge story. Uh, you know, that, that group in Texas oh, yeah? that uh, he comes to and, and uh, talks to him. But anyway, the interesting part that um, he asked them to uh, go on a, a spiritual quest with him, right? And <clears throat> um, they they prepare for a three-day fast, full-on three days, no food or water. And those that could, the ones that completed it one day and then bowed out were all right. But the ones that got to day two and bowed out, they never returned back to the church. They left the church. They never came back. And then the ones that completed the full three-day fast, they were almost in that, um, I don't know, uh, their countenance is shown for the rest of their lives kind of a thing. And so um, that really intrigued me. It was very interesting yeah. to, to kind of study that, uh, the process of one to two to three day fasts and um, what that looks like on, <laughs> you know, 40 day fasts. What, what does that entail? Is it no water as well? Because like, how can that be possible? Um, but, you know, we have lots of different examples throughout scripture of fasting, and I think that that deserves a lot of our uh, study and, and pondering, especially on levels of the ladder. What does that look like? What, I mean, what are they doing uh, to, um, to complete that law of the fast, and, and how does it look different on each level of the ladder? Mm -hmm. The four ordination book, did it have anything more in there? It, what I think I read, it was just like in passing. Uh -huh. Yeah, it seemed very much in passing and stuff, but I would, I don't know, this is how I've kind of interpreted it, that, um, like, 
on the Zion Jerusalem level is like the the one day fast, like a 24 hour fast. Sun Servant level uh, to work up to getting to a three day fast, and then Seraph level is is full 40 days. And I don't know what that looks like necessarily, but it seems like there's that that progression of fasting throughout the the levels. But I don't know. Hmm. I, I, think, I think I could almost do a three day fast. Mm-hmm. I no. tried once failed. It hurt. <laughs> how long? How far did you get? <laughs> to two days. Yeah. I'm still here though. Was I it mean, when you were doing construction though? Were you uh-huh. working? Do you guys remember like when I like hurt my shoulder and was like, yeah. oh yeah, me bad or whatever? Anyway, so I, I had to bow out early or whatever to get the anyway to, to mediate yeah. and, and all that but uh, anyway interesting process oh, i learned a ton says three day with water is okay without water is a bad deal really yeah. how do we know that that's okay like i just hear fast and i'm like okay no food or water mm-hmm. yeah like a body just can't function without water for yeah, three you get days. really you get really dehydrated i don't think it would be good if the weather we're not we're definitely not good at it i have an acquaintance whose son came to visit her and she said he came and fasted four for four or five days i thought oh my gosh i know some people do this called dry fasting yeah i guess i don't know but he i don't he i think he lives in a big city and she lives kind of off the grid in the country where it's just peaceful and he said he wanted to be away and he just decided to just you know, meditate and not eat for four or five days. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> he's young though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how young, but <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe we just have the faith to do it, right? Yeah, the faith. Yeah. To I do think it you have to start a li- yeah, a little bit at a time. And I have other friends in the church. This person wasn't in the church. Neither she or her son is, but she's a Christian. She's a very devout Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have friends in the church and they only eat two meals a day. They've made it to where they only eat two meals a day. I mean, we've just gotten a habit of eating three and I'm pretty much kind of getting to two meals a day. I'm kind of weaning myself off, you know, late in the day food because mm-hmm. it's just kind of just habit rather than I'm not hungry, especially in the summertime. I'm not that hungry because it's warm and you're not trying to fuel your body to stay warm. Yeah. Um. So I remember last summer telling Katie that I said we got to start practicing eating two meals a day because that's what's going to happen. I don't know that's <clears throat> what I've always kind of thought, and and so we did actually start doing that quite a bit. It's it's for me it's pretty easy, but as you get older, I can't eat as much as I used to could. I want to, but <laughs> you just can't. But um, I can eat like. 10 o'clock and three o'clock and be okay for a whole day yeah that's what my friends do I think they eat around two or two or three I don't know what time they have their breakfast I think of probably around nine or ten and three so it's that six hour that six hour window and that's it so just wait till you get old like me everybody and then you'll be listening <laughs> I am old like you I'm close to old like you I don't know how old you are because I can never see you <laughs> I know. I just don't put my face on. <laughs> I've got one more question, Cameron. Yeah. So, you know, Zebedee, I'm not looking to go into his story of what he tells, but it, I, 
printed out something else and it said that that occurred during the first two to three weeks of the school of the prophets. Mm. So that's the first school of the prophets in the 33 then. Is that right? If it's talking about school of the prophets, yeah, because the school of the elders is what comes later. Well, I, I don't know, but it, it's, it's his testimonial in that later 18, whatever, uh -huh. when telling the thing about Christ and God. So he said that happened in, have you heard that in the first two to three weeks? Uh-huh. Yeah. I had so thought true. that that was school of the elders, but it would make sense more in the school of the prophets. So I'm when we get to that, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be paying attention because yeah, that's throwing me for a loop. I always just assumed, I guess, on, on School of the Elders. Oh, I don't know. I It wasn't clear in the thing that I was reading, but maybe I wasn't looking for it, so I don't know. Okay. Thank you. Um. So I think it's interesting that after this first winter that they established this, uh, so 1832, I mean, this is two years after the, the church is organized, and then um, the next winter, they don't have a school of the prophets because they lack an appropriate facility and they're preoccupied with lots of different things happening, right? It's kind of that, that descent ascent pattern there where um, things are just hitting. And um, then comes uh, a big change, a big shift in, in the winter of 1834-35. Um, then they're like, okay, we've got to build a place for this. This is, uh, we need a temple. Um, it's not going to be an ordinary schoolhouse kind of a thing. And then they end up dividing the School of the Prophets into two schools, the one being the School of the Elders and the other being the Kirtland School. Um, so theological studies versus very secular studies. Um, and how it, it just kind of advances, you know, I mean, um, it talks about in here where let's see, uh, where John Coral wrote that um, they had been previously commanded to seek learning and study the best books and get a knowledge of countries, kingdoms, languages, etc., which inspired them with an extravagant thirst after knowledge. And so, um, uh, we talked about it. Lisa worded it so well. I <laughs> wish I could paraphrase it. Um, uh, where it was just kind of like a renaissance of sorts. I mean, you have like this melting pot of all of these different people kind of coming together to build Zion, and um, uh, God's commanding them to seek learning, to to know His will, and to to build and and access the powers of heaven, etc. And so uh, I can just imagine how contagious that was to uh, to seek learning and. Uh, everything be of, of like-minded uh, saints there. And so the, the school of the elders, um, it differed because uh, it, it widened the scope of how many elders were being invited, um, but there is no evidence, doesn't mean it didn't happen, I'm not necessarily sure that it, it didn't, but no evidence that the foot washing ceremony was used to initiate members. Um, but the mission is the same, and this is where the actual lectures on faith, uh, the lectures on theology are developed, uh, Sidney Rigdon being the main uh, teacher and writer of those, uh, Joseph Smith very much uh, a part of that as well. Um, but it's not that they're the only teachers, uh, as Heber C. Kimball's statement uh, comes into play, that uh, many people were called on to speak on the principle of faith. Um, and... It's not just uh, prepared material. He spoke about uh, his daughter and, and that experience there. Um, 
and how faith actually is manifest and how do we how do we build upon that in order to access power <clears throat> um but so we have like that theological school and then we have the very secular i'd say very I, anyway uh, a secularized uh, part of it where this is also women and children who join the school and they uh, have a paid teacher um it's, it's, it's just different it's it's separated the theological versus the the kirtland school um but interesting to note that uh, the Relief Society is formed as the, the women's counterpart to the, the School of the Elders. Um, and if you look at uh, the comparisons of the, the revelations uh, on organizing the two, because um, they have different roles, and so they need taught in different ways, but they're, they're very much the uh, complementary equal opposites uh, to each other. Um, so Thing. then comes like after that period there we have the winter of 1835 to the summer of 1837 so keep in mind like kirtland temple is is 1836 when it's dedicated so that's coming in this um the, this time period uh, as a whole here uh, it says that learning became contagious further schools were established um the further sessions of the elder school, a Hebrew school, and a variety of evening schools were offered. The combined curricula offered during this time period included theology, English grammar, writing, breathing, common arithmetic, mathematics, geography, history, debating, singing, foreign languages, including Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. I mean, what a great time <laughs> to be a saint, right? I mean, that would be awesome. I, <laughs> I often look back at like my, my own like college stuff and I'm like oh I should have done things so much different I should have studied some of this stuff <laughs> yep. but anyway so with the the purpose of the school of the prophets here's kind of like where uh the the meat of, of things come so uh 1823 he receives uh, Joseph Smith receives that that visit and um told the the, the joyful tidings and the preparatory work for the second coming of the Messiah uh, was to commence. And so that commission is crucial into the, the formation of uh, where this comes about. Um, let's see, he says, I was informed that I was chosen to be an instrument in the hands of God to bring about some of his purposes in this glorious dispensation. So the preparation would come through the process of building up Zion. Zion defined as, and the Lord called his people Zion because they were of one heart and one mind, dwelt in righteousness, and there was no poor among them. And so as all of these people are coming together, the task of creating a worldwide Zion, you know, if they've studied the Bible and, and looked at, at the scriptures, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot about Zion in, until the restored um, uh, books come about uh, there with Moses. And so they're, they're reading these and uh, seeing the the magnitude, what that could actually entail, having a worldwide Zion, uh, a city of Enoch being mind-boggling. Such a task would require great power on both the Lord's part and upon the part of the Lord's people. And it all boils down to faith. Uh, such a power comes through the faith, and that's where these lectures on faith uh, begin. Uh, interesting how, <laughs> I mean, 
I was not raised with lectures on faith. I had never heard about them until uh, in the mission field, I stumbled upon them and, and it just blew my mind of like, if that's faith, then I don't have faith like they're talking about here. And I thought I understood faith. And anyway, it's just interesting why they were decanonized and and where that leaves us today. I mean, we'll talk about that in our, our week 13 as we go through this, but um, I think there's so much power in the lectures on faith and so um, much deep thinking that um, as the world uh, as the church is getting to more of a worldwide audience, I can see the the wisdom in the pulling it back and having it um, where the earnest seeker has to actually find it uh, rather than uh, just have it kind of as a, a pearl being cast out there and uh, kind of trodden under the foot. Um, anyway, I think that uh, these... The principle of faith is so crucial in building up of, of Zion, as we've seen through Triumph of Zion, through Lance Richardson's studies on, on Zion, that faith and, and family are at the, the core of all of it. Um, and then um, the fact that they actually need an endowment of power uh, needed to accomplish the Lord's work. Uh, the church was commanded to move from New York to Ohio, uh, there in DNC 38. Wherefore, for this cause, I gave unto you the commandment that you should go to the Ohio, and there I will give unto you my law, and there you shall be endowed with power from on high. So during that, that whole time there, they're preparing to, to build this temple, to receive the endowment, and, and further their, their studies, this, this quest for knowledge on how to build Zion. Um... Sorry, I feel like I'm just like reading and <laughs> being boring at this point. <laughs> um, but any kind of like questions or, or comments up until that point uh, before we get into like the actual revelation on how it was kind of started? I felt like this was being endowing them with power from on high, even though, it, you know, in addition to the temple, I'm looking that that qualifies them as messengers. Of Jesus Christ, you know, that they are able to stand as witnesses of both of them <clears throat> uh, as they go out and testify. And what could be a more powerful thing than that? Mm. And they couldn't have received it uh, in any other way that they did that would have had anywhere near the impact on them that it did. Yeah, I love that. How it kind of talks about them in, in the beginning that those were the first laborers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that they can go out and gain more laborers in the vineyard kind of a thing. Yeah. I had a grandpa that was in all of these places during these times. And, and he's not mentioned as a person in the school, but not a lot of them are mentioned. Mm -hmm. Some of them are at the beginning, but um, I don't know. I wish I could have a chat with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he did all of these things, you know, he gave up everything and he'd go where they wanted him to go. And, and he did go on a mission too, even when they lost everything in Missouri and they sent him on a mission and he, but he went. Yeah. It's like, I do. I want to chat with him. Like, <gasps> 
<laughs> Maybe he's the one giving you your dreams. You know, I've been thinking a lot about them all. And, and I have another on my mama's side who was in the school of prophets. And he's actually lifts, listed in the Doctrine and Covenants. But he apostatized and tried to make his own little church, the Cutlerites. <laughs> mm -hmm. So... Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> well, I do. I think he repented at the end. He mm -hmm. figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of going into the the actual revelation behind the the school of the prophets. So um we have December 1832. So again, this is two fresh years after the, the church is, is organized, and they're already hitting zion right off the bat i think that this is so interesting i had never considered that before yeah. um they received a dnc 88 in a three separate revelations um but this is uh, termed the the olive leaf plucked from the the tree of paradise i, I find that it's so interesting to study I, I mean i could spend a whole year on on dnc 88 and not get all of it but um so this is a conference of high priests assembled in the translating room in Kirtland, Ohio, 1832. There's a small group present. And just kind of work at, at visualizing this as I read it, because I think that this is so impactful. So it's commenced by prayer. Then Brother Joseph arose and said, to receive revelation and the blessing of heaven. And notice that that's singular, not, not plural. Uh, it was necessary to have our minds on God and exercise faith and become of one heart and of one mind. Therefore, he re recommended all present to pray separately and vocally to the Lord for him to reveal his will unto us concerning the upbuilding of Zion and for the benefit of the saints and for the duty and employment of the elders. I mean, that's a tall order <laughs> to, to be asking for here and to pray separately and vocally. Uh, to it's kind of like this i don't know i imagine just kind of like this this grand beehive you know it's a yeah because say it'd be noisy i like i mean not noisy it's wrong almost kind of distracting but you know uh-huh <laughs> yeah i don't know if i could concentrate and be like to, trying to listen listen to the <laughs> other ones like oh dear i thought it was sequential not like uh-huh. Yeah. So that's the interesting part here. So um, we talked there where they're uh, all present to pray separately and vocally. And um, then the next sentence, I think, accordingly, we all bowed down before the Lord, after which each one arose and spoke in his turn, his feelings and determination to keep the commandments of God, and then proceeded to receive a revelation. So, um, Yes, there, there's definitely that the sequential element to it. Um, so and even them praying separately and vocally, they were doing that at separate times. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense because that <laughs> other way is like uh, chaos. Kind of, yeah. Kind so, of chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I was talking about, like the beehive principle of like you know how a, the beehive they they're going out and and in right and they're. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of humming. <laughs> yeah, uh, too. The humming buzz kind of a thing of it. <laughs> of, like, I get it now. I get it. There's I get one it. speaker. There's they're yeah. attending to the. Anyway, I probably shouldn't use that example. No, I was with you, Darlene, though. 
I'm glad we got that cleared up. Yes, me too. I was, I was picturing that differently. <laughs> I lose my train of thought. Like, wait, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like at the veil in the temple, right? I mean, uh, if somebody's too loud next to you, I mean, you just... <laughs> oh, it is, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so at 9 o'clock p.m., the revelation not being finished, the conference adjourned and commenced by prayer, and thus proceeded to receive the residue of the above revelation, and it being finished, and there being no further business before the council, the conference closed the meeting by prayer, in harmony with the brethren, in gratitude to our Heavenly Father, for the great manifestation of His Holy Spirit during the setting of the conference. So, I mean, it's just so interesting to, like, ponder upon what's happening, and that process of revelation, because, I mean, we don't necessarily do that very much. The closest thing that uh, kind of comes to mind is is kind of like fast and testimony meeting where we're all kind of focused on the same thing and uh, one person at a time is speaking and uh, kind of thing but i mean it's not necessarily revelatory uh, on the benefit of the saints duty and employment of the elders and seeking the building of zion um but yet i, I think it can be so anyway the first revelation uh that uh, is described here was verses one through 126 that we have and then the second revelation, third, um, are uh, subsequent uh, verses that are uh, outlined. But anyway, I think that this is just very interesting that in that process of revelation, we have like four different bullet points. And I, in, in my own thinking, I don't know exactly how it happened, but uh, what if the first person gets up and is like, the Lord just speaks through them and, and calls for the organization of a school. The next person stands up and is talking about a mission statement uh, to be set forth. The third stands up, is talking about the curriculum that needs to be incorporated into this said uh, school. Fourth, the rules of a personal student conducted were revealed. So, or conduct, sorry. Um, but anyway, just like, I don't know, that process of revelation is very interesting and, and what that might look like. And Anyway, it just must have been such a fun, not fun, but um, powerful uh, meeting to, to be a part of and to receive well, that. How many people actually saw anybody receiving, like the Prophet Joseph receiving revelation? I think it, no matter who was receiving it, it would have been a, an incredible mm -hmm. thing to witness. It would have been just like, I think the time would go by very fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. exactly <laughs> interesting well we're all kind of tired you know <laughs> i mean because receiving revelation is is quite a physically daunting process right like if, if you've ever done it for a, an extended period of time it's just like it's kind of draining and uh, you know <laughs> nine o'clock and we're still not finished okay let's let's adjourn let's go get some meals maybe maybe they were fasting the whole time too i don't know that's what I wondered because it was talking about fasting. I, I wasn't quite following, you know, the bread and wine in relation to the fasting. Because mm -hmm. back then they used to call breaking a fast as breakfast. So I, mm -hmm. I didn't know. I... Yeah. Because like with this specific one, um, when they're actually receiving the revelation to organize the school, at least in, in here, it doesn't mention like the, the sacrament, but in the very first actual school of the prophets, then they do 
have that that major fasting and then concluding with the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Interesting. I hadn't put that together. Um, and then, you know, kind of that, that final paragraph so that there's actual priesthood keys to administer the school. Um, I, I, you know, this is very interesting here. And again, verily I say unto you, thy brethren, uh, Sidney Rigdon and Frederick G. Williams, thy sins are forgiven them also, and they are accounted as equal with thee in holding the keys of this last kingdom. And also through your administration of the keys of the school of the prophets, which I have commanded to be organized, that thereby they may be perfected in their ministry for the salvation of Zion and of the nations of Israel, of the Gentiles, as many as will believe. I don't know. I, I'd never considered that before. And I thought that was very interesting. So, I don't know. I, I think we're embarking on some, some fun uh, journeys of, of knowledge here as we, you know, as a book club, we're, we're just seeking things. It kind of started as like, a, hey, let's tell you some stuff together that we normally don't <laughs> talk about in Sunday school kind of thing. And the revelatory process of, of just these book clubs, you know, like coming together, we all have very different background, very different uh, experiences that the Lord is leading us through coming together and sharing those. Uh, I very much uh, liken it to uh, this type of learning, how we're, we're coming together and uh, just freely sharing and um, building up Zion in powerful ways so that we can access the, the power of heaven. Um, anyway, kind of final thoughts and, and questions or, or anything from any of this? This one went very different than group A. <laughs> we were talking about energy fields and <laughs> all sorts of stuff in that one. I'll have to watch the video of that one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, anybody's interested, just listen to group A. Um, I found it particularly particularly interesting and, and fitting for what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. I yeah, we covered lots of different stuff in, in this one. It's just interesting how <laughs> you have the same material and uh, different uh, insights <laughs> and stuff. Just take it in such different directions, which are so fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, <clears throat> it's going to be like, I don't know, kind of like the best 13 weeks. Holy cow. Um, yeah, next week is, is probably the heaviest homework load. I'm so sorry. But to properly understand the, the washing of the feet and uh, kind of distinguishing it between, you know, second anointing, washing of the feet and everything. Uh, anyway, it's a heavy homework load, but it is very rewarding. Now, if you are um, crunched for time, I would probably put DNC 88 off a little bit. because I mean, it's so extensive um, and, and we'll cover it in, in lots of different ways um throughout the the lectures on faith but if you are crunched for time i probably wouldn't uh, focus there i would look on the different articles of the the washing of the feet and kind of looking uh, that way but you know i'm confident y'all <laughs> be led and guided in, in all of that but um 
because 88 is like full of rabbit holes for me. I'm like I can like spend days on like a, a couple sets of, of verses or whatever, but anyway. Um, what else have we got? We could pretty much kind of gave like the overview of uh, everything at the beginning. So, um, yeah, final comments, thoughts. I'm excited to start this journey with y'all. It's going to be fun. If not, we will see everyone next week. Um, just kind of a rundown. I don't think anything else is coming up. Our four donations is on um, July 16th, ham radio on July 23rd. Other than that, we're just kind of business as usual, <laughs> Sundays and Wednesdays. Thank you. Yep, it's been fun. All right, we will see. Oh, well, I did I do the website in this one? Anyway, I've revamped the Learning Zion website since no, all of us are not on Facebook. You um, gotta do, 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 do. It's so good. Yeah, if I start cutting out and getting weird, let me know. But um, where's my thing? Just a second. I bring up my website. I closed out most of my windows so that my computer might behave. Um, okay, so on the very homepage of Learning Zion, I've put all of the 13 weeks here so that you can click into any of them. And uh, here's all of the homework reading links so that you can click on them easy. Uh, we'll post the video chats and then any of the discussions. So I highly encourage, like, if you find other articles throughout the week that you find helpful or insightful, want to share them with people, share them here rather than in the Facebook group, since there's uh, quite a few of us that are not on Facebook. Um, and then we'll, uh, we can kind of uh, do our comments there. Um, but on the Learning Zion homepage, I've also revamped uh, the bottom so that there's quick links without having to go into the, the recordings tab. Um, all of our different uh, chats in the past, if you wanna go back and, and look at any of those, uh, those are all at the, the bottom of that homepage there. Okay. Um, did I miss anything? It seems like there's some housekeeping thing that I might've, anyway, whatever. <laughs> you probably don't have group A uploaded yet do you no but i do have it downloaded so uh it'll take me like i don't know 15 20 minutes to upload that one and another hour to upload group b so they, they should be up tonight okay i'll listen to it mm -hmm. Wendy is an absolute fountain of <laughs> <laughs> she's very enlightened <laughs> who was that you said wendy tominder you'll see her around there wendy okay yeah, yeah, she was in in our group A or whatever, and uh, talking about energy fields and science and like the spiritual physics of light. If you haven't got that book yet, I highly recommend it. So good. And she's a science teacher, so mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that makes sense. Yep. <clears throat> but how all that relates to the temple, the veil, and everything, mm -hmm. just really struck a chord with me yep we'll be having some after class discussions won't we <laughs> i want to hear 
got a, a, a new number. 30. <laughs> so we just need to record. <laughs> so. Yeah, it reminded me. Of, well, I probably can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing teasers oh, out there, mother. Thanks. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, we were talking a lot about those those conduits and connections and, and stuff like that. Circuits, sorry. Um, in regard to to the veil and, and all that. It used to be a lot different and it got changed through the years. But I can as she was saying that I can see why that was there to start with. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. <laughs> I probably I anyway, we'll we'll say goodbye, but I'm gonna be on for a second. Um <laughs>